Welcome to the Human Theatre, a safe space teemed with an abundance of exploration about what it means to be a human in this world. Optimal health is your birthright and should not be a luxury. Knowing how your body works and understanding everything that relates to your human experience comes with the package. My name is Kelsey Buchholter, and I am here to dive deep into all things mental and physical health, longevity, nutrition, human consciousness, creativity, and more. Join me in normalizing the concept of what it means to be a human and the importance of being you. Enjoy the show. Hello humans, my name is Kelsey. I am a singer-songwriter, actor, dancer, nutrition advisor, health coach, and your host. And welcome to the 51st show housed in the Human Theatre. According to the Indiana University's School of Medicine, the overall mortality rate is 41% higher for men than women. And it's higher for men for 8 out of 10 leading causes of death, including heart disease, cancer, stroke, and diabetes. 31% of men suffer depression in their lifetime, and 9% of men have daily feelings of depression or anxiety. But only a quarter talk to a mental health professional, and only a third take medication. Prostate cancer is the second leading cause of cancer deaths for men in the United States. A man is two to three times more likely to get prostate cancer if his father, brother or son had it. Erectile dysfunction affects nearly 30 million men of all ages across the United States. End quote. Today, I am honored to have Christian Van Camp come on the show and speak about all things men's health, something I don't think could ever be emphasized enough. A large part of the health and wellness space is predominantly female-based. However, men's health is equally as essential to give voice to and speak out about. Christian Van Camp is a men's holistic lifestyle and performance coach on a mission to energize and empower men to live a more healthy, adventurous, and balanced life. Since childhood, he overcame many challenges with his family's health, trauma, and addiction all of which inspired him to study the vast array of ancestral wisdom and modern science for the past seven years. Most days you'll catch Christian barefoot hiking in nature, working out, jumping in ice baths, cooking delicious meals, and playing with his two cats, Akira and Nika. Christian shares so much insight and wisdom, and I thoroughly enjoyed our chat, and I cannot wait to share it with you. And please share this to any male that you know, any male that's special in your life, and just in general, even share it with females, because it's so important to speak about. And as you'll also hear, many of the things um, actually overlap with female health as well, because essentially we are also all just humans. Before I get on to today's show, I'd like to remind you of your special 10% discount on any Oxford HealthSpan product. Oxford HealthSpan are doing important work in bringing to the market high-quality, effective, bioavailable, and science-backed botanical compounds that harness the body's innate ability to repair, renew, and promote vigorous longevity and increased health span. I interviewed the founder, Leslie Kenny, on episode 6. I highly recommend you give it a listen if you haven't yet done so. 
So when you enter Kelsey, K-E-L-S-E-Y, all in capitals as the discount code at checkout, you will receive a 10% discount. Another exciting announcement is that I have teamed up with Nutrition Network and have a special link to share with you. Nutrition Network is an online accredited education, connection, and learning platform founded by the Noakes Foundation, in partnership with an esteemed team of doctors and scientists. The platform has been designed exclusively for healthcare practitioners across all disciplines, covering the latest and most up-to-date science and research in the field of low-carb nutrition. As a Nutrition Network nutritional advisor and ambassador, you can enroll in any of their incredible courses using the link in the show notes. If you are a medical professional or someone just interested and you want to enhance your practice and life, actively be on the pulse with all the latest research, be involved in an international community and be lectured by the world's leading doctors, coaches and researchers in the field of nutrition, look no further. A link will be in the show notes. And without further ado, here's my chat with Christian Van Kamp. Christian Van Kamp, welcome to the Human Theatre. Well, thank you, Kelsey. I'm so excited to jump into all the good stuff. My South African nature, I literally butchered your American pronunciation of your surname. (laughs) Van Kamp. Van Kamp. (laughs) Von anyway. Kamp sounds way smoother anyway, you know, it sounds yeah. like the or- the origins of the name, right? Exactly, which you were mentioning in our pre-chat, which is Dutch and German. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, it's an honor to have you here. Where are you speaking to us from? I'm in Fayetteville, Arkansas right now. So it's uh, around the Ozarks region of the U.S. So it's just real beautiful, beautiful, immersed into a lot of nature and um, forestry. So love it out here. Beautiful. Do you know Robert Sykes? From Robert Peter- Sykes. From Keto Does- Brick. I think he lives in. Oh, office. Keto Brick, yes, yeah, 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 great company, yeah, yeah, yeah. His, I was on his podcast like a year ago. Um, Amazing, he's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, well, I am so like excited to have you on because the uh, men's health is something that I personally haven't covered in this podcast of mine, and um, I would have no other expert than you to come on the show for that. So we're going to cover a lot of different things relating to men's health. But before we do, can you please share with us your backstory and what brought you to where you are today? Mm, Yes, I'd love to. So I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, Um, just recently over the past four years, moved out here to Fayetteville, Arkansas, about five hour drive down south. And yeah, you know, my immersion into health and wellness started at a young age. I was about uh, 17, 18 years old. And I had a lot of family troubles with their health. And, you know, my little sister, Nina had a heart transplant back in March of 2014. And she was in the hospital for around four months. Uh, just, we didn't know if she was going to survive having her weight get under a hundred pounds, which in kilos, I'm not totally sure what that would be, but super, you know, just skinny losing weight. And she was slowly dying and she was born with a congenital heart issue, uh, called hypoplastic left heart syndrome, which is basically like a three chambered heart instead of a four chambered heart. So she had very weak blood flow throughout her whole life. A lot of gut troubles because she was giving amoxicillin, uh, an antibiotic, uh, to really counteract a lot of, uh, the immune issues, but obviously there's an issue with having antibiotics all the time, you know, which destroys your entire gut lining and, um, you know, overall microbiome because it kills the good guys and the bad. Right. So she's had a lot of health and immune issues throughout her life, but she's the sweetest, just angelic little girl. And so she inspired me in many ways to look into natural healing and tap into that at a young age just to see if I can support her and myself, you know, then also throughout life, there's like car accidents. My family's got in, I got in one at a young age. My dad got a bunch of steroids put on him. He broke four ribs and 
a lot of near death situations and also disease ridden situations based on poor lifestyle in my extended family. And at a young age, I'm just looking at this like, man, there's something we can do about this. Right. So I really had this immersion into uh, the quote unquote negativity of sickness and illness and all the, the issues that come with that and just becoming very aware of that, of that at a young age and then starting to sprout an interest into the opposite of that, which is vitality, which is health, which is abundance uh, with eating nutritious foods, you know, moving your body, connecting to nature. So um, yeah, out of high school at about 17 years old, I ended up uh, getting done with a lot of sports like track and field and soccer and then, uh, or football and then delved into a lot of weightlifting. So that challenged my body, which bought, brought a curiosity around nutrition, you know, to really build the muscle to what you're doing in the kitchen. So over the years, I've been studying, you know, overall holistic health, I like to say ancestral healing and also modern science. Uh, it's been about eight years or so. So I just love this stuff. And that's where I'm at today, just coaching a lot of men specifically, uh, one-on-one and in group settings and doing a lot of content on men's health. And so I'm very passionate about this stuff. Yeah, your passion is palpable and your Instagram feed is phenomenal. And it's just teamed with such an abundance of useful information, all very much in line with how I also view health through an ancestral lens and just easy, mm -hmm. actionable things that people and specifically men can do. So this is your sign who is ever listening to to go and follow um we will I'll obviously link your um details in the show notes but yeah with regards to to men's health and a question i've had for you is that i just wanted to know in your practice and in your like line of work have you noticed any trends of like pat or any like patterns within clientele who are coming to you in the last few years um of you know similar issues or similar topics um, yeah, if you can maybe elaborate on some patterns or trends that you're noticing. Mm, yes. The most common ones are low energy. You know, I think a lot of us, unfortunately, are not having that vitality with energy. And uh, one of my favorite uh, little slogans I say is relentless energy, right? Having that relentless energy, I think it's something that is is an uncommon thing today. And it's due to a lot of, you know, the things connecting to these guys is the nutritional issues, not knowing what to eat or when, or uh, really it's not even a lack of not knowing what to do, but it's having the accountability or the the uh, discipline to eat the right foods, right? Because this modern era is infiltrating our brain with KFC on one side of the street, and we have McDonald's, and then it's just everywhere, right? So these hyper palatable, hyper processed foods, a lot of these men are shifting away from. So that's that's the core of a lot of the men I work with is the nutritional aspect of it. Um, then, of course, it comes to the uh, the digital aspect, the relationship with technology, right? Uh, relationship with your phone, with social media, with perhaps it's pornography and these kind of extremes of things. So um, working with a lot of the men on the tech lifestyle and how do we integrate more nature? Uh, and lastly, is also just feeling more empowered in purpose. You know, there's a lot of this purpose void going on today. And I find a lot of men, especially the ones I work with, are working through knowing who the heck they are and what they want to do in this world, you know, as a man, uh, one of the biggest things we can take control of is that purpose. You know, it's um, one of those unique things I've been researching quite a bit. It's just a lot of uh, archetypal, you know, uh, texts and history uh, based things on feminine and masculine. And I, I love the uh, idea that, you know, there is a rite of passage, biologically speaking, for a lot of women when it comes to their first bleeding, right? When they start bleeding, they're like, okay, I'm officially a woman, you know, I'm going through this stage of change and these hormones are changes. Um, and then for men, there really isn't any of that like full on biological shift for men to really be like, oh, this is my rite of passage, right? 
So throughout history, men have always gone through a, a very intense physical, mental, or spiritual bout. And it was something that was put onto them by the tribe and the other men. And uh, then after that, they'd be known as being a man. They're like, you're a man now. You can start you know, hunting. You can start coming out into the world. And usually that was at 12 to 14 years old. It was a very young age for these boys. Today, we don't have that. You know, 12 to 14 year olds are just still doing what they've been doing for the past 50 years in America, which is just going to school and then having this kind of void of just like after school going to work. And it's like, there's these external things, but there isn't this internal prowess they're given or that fortitude. So that's what I work with a lot of my clients on as well as building that purpose, building those core values and that mental fortitude in those areas. Um, but yeah, that, that rite of passage stuff is a whole wormhole. It's so interesting looking into that, but those are some key components right there. You know, it's the, the mindset, it's the gut health, it's the gut and it's the muscle. Those are some primary things these guys want to work on. Yeah. How do you help facilitate someone's relationship with food, especially junk food, especially in a world where like food has become so immersed with being social and being out and about with friends. And especially when like, you don't necessarily have friends who or work colleagues who are on the same sort of journey that you're on. How do you help facilitate that? Because I also work with some people and uh, like, it's, it's a very difficult thing for people to, well, I suppose as a coach as well to like facilitate. Sometimes I'm mm. almost like, cause I, I've also been there. Um, and sometimes I'm actually a little bit ambivalent cause I can understand, you know, where they come from. And I, little back story on my side, I come from an, a background of severe anorexia and bulimia. So there's another eating disorder mm. component with that as well. I just wanted to pick your brain on how you help facilitate that relationship with food. Mm. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. I can relate with bulimia. I had a period of time in my high school years where I was just binge eating late at night after getting home super late and drinking alcohol and just being, you know, out of it. And then just eating a whole box of Cheez-Its and then debating on whether or not I need to go upstairs to puke it out or to sleep it off. There's just so many interesting phases in my life with nutrition and the relationship to it. Um, but yeah, you know, I always go back to the why, the why, what is your why for change? Because a lot of these individuals, including the men I work with, don't really know why they want to change. They just know they have to. They like notice that if I don't change, then I'm going to either die or there's something that's more of an under underlying subconscious push. It's not necessarily conscious. So we, what I do working with clients is I help bring that subconscious working of doubt, of shame, of negative energy, or even the positive of wanting change and making that into a defined why or purpose of why you're changing. So that could be the root of change, right? That's like the bedrock of change, of transformation. So if you don't know the why, you don't know the what, which is what you're going to do. And then you don't even know the how. How are you going to go about it, right? And that's what I help them with is the what and the how. But more importantly, that root you know, of change is knowing why I need to. And so getting very clear cut on like, okay, if I want to start eating healthier foods, if I want to shift from going to McDonald's and instead buying some 100% grass-fed, regeneratively raised beef, cooking that up with some sweet potatoes and some broccoli and having you know some good quality raw cheese on the side or whatever, like that's a way better meal for your body. How do we get to that point of shifting from that McDonald's to that? Well, it has to be a why. So for them, working with them on like, okay, what is your why? So I connect with them on the negativity and then the positivity, mm -hmm. because a lot of times the negativity inspires more change than positivity in my life, especially in human nature. That's the case. Um, you know, if we only focus on like, what is all the great things that are going to happen if I lose 20 pounds and I feel more energy, we don't really know what that feels like if we've never been there before. So it's like an untangible feeling. But if we know how bad it feels of the low energy, waking up with just feeling just totally out of it and depressed, we know what that feels like. We know how that affects our relationships, how that affects our work flow, all those things. So 
I really dig deep into the negativity and saying like, okay, if you keep going at this rate, you know, you're going to die. You're going to have diabetes, your, your kids, you're not going to be fertile. Like, so getting into that mindset in a way that's not over encompassing, like, and causing more sadness and grief, but in a way that's just like, wake up to this, you know, that will help Mm -hmm. you inspire change. So for me, that helped a lot doing that for myself as well Is what are the consequences of me continually eating a certain way, partying and drinking alcohol every weekend, you know, smoking a ton of cannabis every day excessively or scrolling on my phone late at night with blue light. Like what is the why behind that? And for me, it was always attaching it to something negative, the negative consequences of continually doing it. So that's what I work with clients on is like both a positive and negative twist in inspiring change, the why. Yeah, no, that's a really, really important point. And thank you for sharing that. Um, Mm -hmm. I also was thinking about, you know, especially when you almost like have to get to a point where you're so sick and tired of being sick and tired in your own self. And obviously you can't as a coach enforce that on anyone. Someone, you know, people have to come to that in their own righteous way. Um, But, you know, for example, just the food piece alone, when you begin to eat foods that don't cause inflammation in your body, they don't cause distress in your gut, et cetera, et cetera. You're able to digest them. You have energy, i.e. real whole foods. um, And you almost realize, oh my gosh, this is what healthy and good feel like feels like. And then to like take that in comparison to like, okay, yeah, let's say you've been eating quote unquote clean for a while. And then you do want to go try that McDonald's burger. Like a really empowering question is to like ask yourself, okay, well, how did you feel after that? Because sometimes Mm -hmm. you do need to, a lot of people do have cravings and sometimes they do want to, you know, have that burger because again, it's not going to kill you to have like one burger if you're in, you know, the 80 20 rule but mm-hmm. i'm not going to go into that tangent now because obviously it's about a balance and your why etc cetera, etc cetera. i know you know this but um you can always go back to especially actually with binging and purging you can always go back to like how shit you feel afterwards especially after a binge and a purge and like using that as like a reminder where like if you're faced with feeling triggered and going to go you know you're feeling that binge urge coming on like you can remind yourself, but how did you feel last time? Like, I don't want to feel like that again. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it, it, it sort of goes into the floor of addiction, which I think purpose is another, I mean, a, a very important part of addiction because it's almost like the antithesis of addiction is to find your purpose and to find your meaning. Mm. Um, but yeah, thank you for bringing those up. I don't know if you have any... Actually, I wanted to ask you on, if you don't mind, firstly, thank you for sharing about your um, eating disorder uh, journey as well. Um, with that, are you seeing more and more men speaking out about their struggles with eating disorders or are you seeing it more? Because I mean, obviously the stigma has it is that it's mostly females who struggle mm-hmm. with eating disorders, but I've heard a lot of remarkable stories from men, especially in like the fitness bodybuilding space. Um, I don't know if you have any comments or thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I think over the years, uh, things have shifted for men feeling a little bit more opened up in these degrees. But then there's still that macho kind of uh, energy that comes out for a lot of us men still because it's programming from our, you know, baby boomer parents or whatever it may be, where there was that like, be that bedrock, don't share your feelings, you know, hold your emotions in. Um, There's still that's super apparent. And it's always going to be apparent in our culture and society as a human being. Um, men are still going to carry that forward. I, I strongly believe that'll still be an issue for the dawn of time in a way. But um, yeah, most definitely with some of my clients, it just depends on the personality. I Over time working with them, they become more vulnerable. But if you hold in those emotions and aren't sharing like how you're feeling about certain food addictions or whatever addictions it may be, or even outside the word addictions, just habits not serving you, 
if you don't share that, how do you expect to grow? You know, that's a lot of the the guys. I, I make it clear and open to them, like, hey, this is a judgmental free zone. This is what you hired me for. This is what we're working through. Is you know, the more you share these types of things, the more we can actually grow, right? So if you're honest with me that you did quote unquote fuck up over the past week, then great. Then we're gonna have more inspiration to change because then we can work through that together and identify what was the trigger that led into that habit, you know, and how do we navigate through that. So yeah, definitely um it's still it's still kind of a 50-50. Some guys are still a little bit more like uh they've been conditioned to think that they don't need to necessarily share, but they still hire a coach, which is the first step, which is great because asking for help does not show any form of weakness. It shows a lot of courage and strength. Um, and so that's the first step. And then getting to the point where you can unpack that even deeper as you work through a, a, a program, uh, that's a whole nother degree. But yeah, I'd say generally speaking, guys are definitely becoming a little bit more aware and receptive to sharing their feelings. Yeah. And I think it's, again, I think it's such an important thing. And I, I mean, I don't, I'm not so familiar with the exact stigma. I mean, the exact statistics right now, but just mental health and just suicide within the male population is just at an all time high. Um, Three to four times higher than women. Yeah. Three to four times higher. Yeah. So it's crazy. I know. And I know it's a very philosophical question and it's a very deep question, but like, how, how do you think? men can start to begin to take ownership of their lives and, and optimize their health mm. in, in all regards. Yeah. I'd say, you know, this is a funny one. This just came to me right now is a lot of these, almost everyone's on some form of social media, right? I would agree like 95% of people are using some form of social media today. I would say the first step is to start getting rid of the subconscious downloads from what you're seeing on social media. If you're a guy who's on it often, because a lot of the people you're following to change how you think and how you uh, are programmed to think and how you're programmed to feel. Right. So if you're watching guys that are or videos of things that are more numbing or they're not even inspiring for this openness, this hard openness space, then that's what's going to keep you stuck, right? That's what's going to cause that what you're alluding to right there. Some of these things with feeling depressed, potentially increasing, you know, a, a suicidal ideations and things. So I'd say really asking what are the inputs going in your brain? Like what are the inputs going in my brain and body, my ears? What are the inputs like music, right? What, what kind of music is going in my ears? What kind of things am I seeing on my phone? What kind of images am I seeing that are flashing, whether they're subtle or not? Um, you know, what kind of foods am I eating? Those, all these inputs change how we feel with our output. So if our output is a suicidal ideation thought, it was probably created either through childhood trauma that wasn't worked through or some of these recent downloads that were through a, a screen or music or whatever, right? Because I think there's a lot of low vibrational stuff that can make us feel a certain agitated way or even a uh, low vibrational way with grief and shame. And if we can really take a hold of those inputs, that can be all the difference. That's where I think is a big part of it, at least today, you know, in 2023. Yeah, that's huge. Thank you for sharing that. Um, it just makes me think, I mean, I was in the standard of care from like age eight and not, and I also have been to like every specialist physician under the sun and not one doctor psychiatrist or psychologist ever asked me what are you eating and I mean that's just one input that does have a huge effect um mm -hmm. I do speak a lot about nutrition on my podcast but all the inputs obviously as you've said have a huge effect on you um as an individual so thank you for for sharing that um anything else you wanted to comment on with from that question before I move on to the next topic 
Mm. I'm sure we're going to get some extensions off it. We can definitely keep branching okay. off and see what happens. Okay, yeah. cool. um, so with regards to the physical health realm, um, where do you want to start? I know that I really want to ask you about pornography and cannabis and what, well, yeah, cannabis and gut health and sleep and muscle and testosterone. So I don't know where you want to, <laughs> where you want to yeah. be. Well, I've always started with the, the first one is pornography. You know, this is one of those very, uh, it's an interesting subject because I think there's, it brings out a lot of deep rooted insecurities and energies when we're, whenever we talk about this type of stuff. And that's why it isn't talked about very often, right? Because it's very personal and it's very, um, it's very intimate, you know, that type of discussion. So I guess just opening up in the, the aspect of what is pornography? Well, it's images of things that are, you know, based on a lustful or almost gluttonous aspect or what I like to say is just like thinking of humans as more of just a physical prop or ragdoll versus seeing the emotions and, and energy centers of human beings, right? It's almost looking at everything as like a, a plastered dowel on the screen versus like a, a, a natural essence of energy coming from it, right? And so the the most challenging thing about pornography, and I can vouch for this myself from years of you know delving into it at a, a very young age um, and the images is it, it begins to make you feel very numb to connecting deeper with human beings and especially women. And so it almost makes you look at women as like this, this prop feeling. It's a very unique thing versus like what, what I was describing there as a human connection you can form, right? A mental and spiritual connection. It becomes just all physical and materialistic. And if we are operating in the materialistic world, most of the time we are operating in a state of fear right? The materialistic world is a state of quote unquote fear. If we're immersed in it too much, there's a balancing act of it. But if we're immersed into a spiritual realm of things, then there's really no fear because we're, you know, if we're in the spiritual realm, what I mean by that is I wouldn't be scared of death, but if I'm in the material world, I would be scared of death per se, right? The same goes for this pornography. If we have addictions to it or we're watching it all the time, we're getting into this material world and we're detaching from our spirit, right? So that's one thing I noticed in my life is like the use of pornography disconnects me from my spirit and re like connects me deeper into the physical realm of fear. And so, um, you know, the main thing for men is most men are watching it. I, I just know that because it's at our fingertips. If something like that is free on the internet, you know, there has to be deleterious effects from it, right? You can literally look it up at any moment in time, um, there's boys today that are seeing it at a very young age of like nine years old or maybe even younger. And it's, it's causing a lot of issues. And I see it uh, big time as they grow older. And it goes back to looking at everything as a material object versus a spiritual center. So, um, that's what I would start with that is like, that's what it's doing. And then how do we work through that as men? How do we create a, a healthy relationship with ourselves and our sexual energy and not just dispersing it or, you know, releasing our semen and, doing that consistently through a screen, right? How do we connect back to our root center as a man, right? And uh, first things first is analyzing the why. It goes back to that, like, why would I want to change, right? It always goes back to the why. Um, what is the purpose behind change? What is my mission behind changing? So if you find yourself watching pornography every day, how can I work with this energy and shift it into something that's going to serve me better? Well, I like to get a lot of men off of pornography by doing like sexual energy transmutation. And so basically... If you have the urge to pick up your phone and start watching, or maybe you're on Instagram and you're scrolling and then there's this girl with her ass out because that's what Instagram does. They feed those algorithms for guys. So they're on that app more, um, which is also a strange thing I have to mention is just that whole idea, Kelsey, of how 
it's completely fine for Instagram to have pretty much nude women all over Instagram. But if there's just like one image of something that's not even that, you know, disgusting or whatever, they'll take it off or shadow ban you. It's it's the strangest thing. So it makes no sense. It makes no sense. But at the same time, it does because there's a deep, deeper kind of agenda with that, with getting men that if you delve into pornography a lot, you become weaker. It's a fact. And if I think that's objective, right? Maybe some guys would argue no, but I think the more you delve into something like that, you become weaker as a man and you become more uh, controllable per se, right? And that's, I think there's a deeper thing to that. As men become more weak, they're more controllable. Society and governmental, government, governmental control over society will increase, right? If that makes sense. There's less warrior energy. But now going back to what I was saying, so basically identifying the why, coming back to like, what is your whole reason of change? Um, you know, it's going back to the negativity, the positivity, and then the sexual energy transmutation, shifting the energy of the the lust to go into that of pornography and watch it into an area of maybe I can just channel this energy without releasing it, right? I highly recommend every guy looking to Montauk Chia. Are you familiar with Montauk Chia? Mm-mm. Yeah, so he's a great guy. He's like... He's deep into Taoist energy. Um, he's written crazy powerful books on like uh, mas- masculine sexual energy. Uh, there's a feminine one as well, but it's like different aspects of cultivating the sexual energy, which we, we were given by God to work. Uh, you know, sexual energy is creative energy because without sexual energy, we wouldn't be able to create a new a new human on this planet. You know, when a man and woman come together, the seed comes with all of that, and it creates this beautiful life source energy. So it's creative energy. So it's not about no fap. It's about no porn. That's what I strongly believe in. It's not necessarily about no fap. It's about no porn. And it's also about semen retention and transmuting that energy into creative spots. So like if I have like, let's say the middle of the day, I'm just like, man, I could really just watch porn. I could just really do something. I'm going to immediately catch myself in that conscious moment, which is the number one thing and shift that energy into an area of self-serving me. So I have this creative energy building up or sexual energy. How do I shift that into something that will serve me? Well, I'm immediately going to start doing push-ups. I'm going to start going on a walk. I'm going to start journaling. I'm going to you know, find an activity that is creating something that can be transmuted and better serving you, right? Versus just immediately falling for that energy and then busting a nut to a screen, right? So that's a big component of it. Another thing is just working that sexual energy without having the intention of a, a final end result. A lot of guys look at like, if I am going to masturbate or I'm going to use this energy, I have to have an end result of releasing. But you actually don't. You know, that's, that's the whole point is that make it a, you know, that, you know, how they say it's all about the journey. It's not about the end result. The same thing goes for working your sexual energy as a woman, right? Women can, they can keep going in many ways. Men, if they release, that's pretty much the end of it. You know, they're just, they have to wait a little bit before they can go again. Right. There's that uh refractory period, but women can keep going in a lot of ways. So we can do that too. As men, we can, um, this is a thing that most men will be like blown away at, but we can uh, have an orgasm without ejaculation. We can have an orgasm without ejaculation. So it's like, how do I work this energy without having to have the end result of releasing, right? So it's shifting the whole mindset around these things. It's breaking down the walls of the conditioning we've had. Um, and I know that was a whole ramble, but there's a lot of ways men can take that uh, when it comes to pornography and relationship with self and sexual energy. For sure, for sure. Um, what are your views and on NoFap? And for those who may not even know what NoFap is, what is NoFap? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's a whole bunch of this going around pretty heavily. And the idea of NoFap is really just not masturbating at all. You know, and I think there's a good idea behind it where it's like, you know, 
they have an idea of like no fab, completely cut it out, but there's also this restriction to it. And so a lot of guys will be like, I haven't, I've been following the no fab thing for a month or two months. And it's like the same thing of saying like, I've been restricting myself from, you know, not eating X, Y, Z. It's like restriction, 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 like uh, 75 hard, for instance. Have you heard of that? Yeah. So yeah. I, I think it's really good. I think it can help a lot of guys cat- catalyze some changes, but it's also super restrictive. It's super intense. And it goes back to that flexibility in life. It's like, do you actually want to live the rest of your life being restrictive? Or do you want to enjoy that brownie every once in a while when you're out on dinner time? Right. So it's for me, it's all about the balance. I like enjoying mm-hmm. the the tastes of life, all the all the beautiful stimuli that come in. So no fap, I think has a good connotation. But if we could just change it to no porn, I think it would change everyone's view on everything because it's not necessarily about cutting out working the sexual energy, because if you don't use it, you lose it, right? So that's my whole phenomenon with that is like we can still work this energy without having the end result of releasing and, you know, doing that all the time and uh, releasing the seed, which usually where it comes from, the issues, the issues come from and then the pornography. So, yeah, no fab has good, good connotation, but I think it could be changed up a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it makes me think of just restrictive dieting as well. And then the binge purge cycle. Um, um, but I, when you were speaking about pornography, like you could have literally been saying those exact words and you could have been speaking about social media, for example. I think, again, and I feel that I think, you know, being a coach also virtually and I have a podcast, there are days where I do have to be behind a screen for for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And on those days, like, for example, today is one of them. I just do not feel like happy or well or like mm-hmm. rejuvenated at all. It literally depletes me. Um, So I just wanted to just parallel that because i think just yeah. the screens the technology i mean yeah it's amazing unbelievable like we wouldn't be having this conversation right now most of my podcasts would never have been recorded um but yeah i think it's about that balancing it out with natural light and sunlight which is maybe in the next mm-hmm. topic that we can maybe go into i relate with that you know even myself everything my whole business is online it's a virtual business right and so um engaging with my uh, you know, community online and all these different platforms quite a bit. I'm messaging a lot. I'm getting back to clients. I have calls on Zoom. So yeah, I'm immersed in it quite a bit. And so, you know, it's funny you bring up the sunlight thing. It's a good segue into nature, right? How do we have that balance with nature to is that way in this modern world, we can take advantage of this tech and not feel drained, right? Yeah, no, for sure. So I'm assuming it's something that you very much utilize in your practice, even if it's like literally just going to go stand outside right now like yes. even, yeah yeah i mean it's it's so simple actually um you know all the things that we can do as individuals to empower ourselves and optimize our health again which was never told to me in an actual doctor's office which was also inside under fluorescent lights um but yeah that's another tangent um, oh yes <laughs> so yes okay so we've discussed pornography and i would love to move into weed cannabis mm-hmm. Cannabis is a, is a medicine, right? And it's, it's like any medicine, there's a time and place when that medicine is needed, you know, to help the body, help the mind, foster a healthy spirit. But if the medicine's overdone, it becomes a poison, right? In a sense, obviously it's a strong word, but in many ways that's what happens. So, you know, I strongly believe that it's very addictive. I have smoked or used cannabis the majority of my life. And I can vouch for that hundred percent. Anyone that tells me otherwise I don't agree with that. And the reason is because today's world, 
it's so potent. It's unreal how potent they are making this cannabis today. It is in the 20 plus percents for every single one with the THC concentration. And then they totally strip it away, the CBD cannabinoids and the other cannabinoids that balance it out. So we have this idea of the uh, endocannabinoid system where you activate all these receptors. And if we're over amplifying the THC receptors, we're going to be causing actually more of an inflammatory cascade in the brain and body versus having the balancing act of where it was back then with like the native Americans. And, you know, a thousand years ago, this cannabis was very low concentrations in THC and CBD, but it would have that perfect little entourage of balance in the body and brain. It was designed to be used that way. Nowadays it's, it's we're playing God and we're messing with all these strains and making them extremely potent. And so having that potency of THC um, and all these other, uh, you know, in these lower amounts of CBD, make it to where it is more addictive and it also is more numbing, right? And so I think the main issue with cannabis today is for a majority of men, it can make you, uh, it can spark creativity, but can also spark lethargy. It can spark insights and love and peace and that feminine flow energy, but it can also spark a lack of productivity. It can also spark laziness, right? And so it's for the individual to establish for themselves, is this thing serving me or is this not? For me, I've gone through many phases where it doesn't serve me. Um, and then I've gone through phases where I'm like, oh, you know, when it comes in, I'll, I'll use it and it feels right, right? So it goes back to the why. We're always going to do that for this whole entire discussion. It's like, what is your why buying cannabis use? But I think cannabis is amazing. It's just, you know, the key here is resourcing. So is it organic or is it sprayed in pesticides, right? A lot of the Cannabis today is laced in pesticides like glyphosate and atrazine and others. Um, so that's number one is ask where it's getting resourced, right? Is it grown outside with the sun and the elements or is it grown indoors with just water, right? And some devoid of nutrients, just like it would be the same for carrots or sweet potatoes. Like how are these fruits and veggies? How are these things growing? It's not just about what they are. It's how are they prepped? Uh, the second thing is how are you intaking it, right? Is it through a blunt or is it through a joint every single time or is it through a bowl or is it not being combusted and is it an oral gummy that's a healthy, you know, with no weird additives or is it a uh, vaporized, right? Is it dry herb vaporized? So it's actually only releasing the cannabinoids. It's not releasing the plant matter, which causes all the lung issues. So that's number two is analyze, you know, is this cannabis being used in a way is a transmission into my body being used in a way that's healthy. Uh, lastly is the consistency of use. You know, is this being used every single day throughout the day or, you know, are you enjoying it in times of complete intention, right? Where you're like, okay, I'm going to use this right now because I've had a long day and I just want to draw and I want to bring out some spark of creativity with it. So I'm going to hit my vaporizer or take a gummy or whatever. Great. Or is it being constantly smoked throughout the day and abused? Because at that point, the medicine's numbing you and it's not actually being used to spark the parts of you that you know it helped initially. So that's uh, that's what I would say about cannabis is I love cannabis. I use it here and there, um, but it's all about deep intention. It's about the transmission of use, how you're using it, and the quality of resourcing. Yeah, I think it's very important. You can, again, apply those to most most things. You can apply that to your food sources, right. et cetera, et cetera, as you already highlighted. Um Love the repetition. And then, okay, so while we were speaking about cannabis, I do have to ask you about alcohol. Mm, yeah, not a fan of alcohol. I mean, I uh, I don't, there's some guys out there that are like in the biohacking scene, they'll say like, oh, a shot of alcohol a day, you know, has a hormesis or hormetics res uh, respect to their body, which is the word hormesis just means what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It's like the things that in small amounts can make your body more resilient. 
um, and make your body less stressful in the long run. So it'd be like an ice bath could be working out, you know, things like that. I don't think that's the case for alcohol. Alcohol serves absolutely no therapeutic essential benefit for the human body. It's just zero calories or empty calories. Um, it's, it's just not a beneficial thing. So I think it's more harm than done. Now I will use alcohol maybe like two to three times a year at most. And I'll have a couple shots of like mezcal or like tequila. I usually focus on hundred percent agave tequila, but I just stay away from pretty much all beer because the glyphosate residues, it's really hard to find a good organic wheat beer, or even just like rice or whatever it's extracted from. And a lot of times it's just very estrogenic having some of those beers and hops and things like that. So that's another reason I don't mess that. And it's just even more empty calories. Like, why would I do that? Um, so I usually, if I do drink alcohol and if I recommend people, if they do want to enjoy it, just opt for some hundred percent agave tequila. It's going to be the cleanest for the body or mezcal potentially, which is basically the same thing as tequila. Um, it's from the agave plant. Um, or maybe some clean vodka organic if possible, if you can, but, you know, for the most part, alcohol is just such a cultural, crazy thing today. And if you do want to enjoy it, go for it. But just ask yourself, are you doing it every single week? Are you doing it once every couple months? Like consistency is the killer, you know, when it comes to that. Yeah, the dose is the poison for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, alcohol is a neurotoxin. Um, nothing really good about alcohol, but uh, yeah, I think you've covered all the points that I would have brought up myself. So thank you for doing that <laughs> yeah. so eloquently. Um <laughs> I am watching the time, but I do want to ask you just two more topics to maybe cover. And one of them is, well, of course, we have to cover muscle and testosterone. Um, and I had some people reach out to me <laughs> asking me if I could ask you, can you increase your testicular size and can you increase your testosterone and how? Mm, of course, of course. So they actually go hand in hand in many ways. So if your testosterone elevates, it'll stimulate some of the uh, you know, overall growth of the cells within the testicles, right? Now, if your testosterone is dropping a lot, it may be the same. So they go hand in hand. Um, so when it comes to, we'll start with testicle size, like in boosting testicle size. Now, the reason is like, why? Because you can actually get bigger testicles and it may actually be bad for you. So it's like, are they healthy growth or is it unhealthy growth, right? So growing healthy testicles, how do you start with that? Well, I like to do a variety of things. Some of my favorite things to start with the nutrition, feed your body the inputs it needs, you know, healthy nutrients and minerals that can help out with that. Like zinc is extremely important. So, you know, oysters or pumpkin seeds are great for that. Um, you can play around with onion has been shown to support overall testosterone levels. You know, there's many different foods out there and these are all just brief studies done on these things, but for all, overall, uh, simplicity sake, I would say focusing on a low glycemic diet. So less blood sugar spikes throughout the day that can help out a ton because the more your blood sugar spikes up, up and down, you're going to increase cortisol. You're going to increase insulin. You're going to increase all this pancreatic load. And that decreases testosterone, which will decrease testicular function and size and sperm quality and, uh, motility and volume. So, yeah, so that's a big one is analyze, you know, how is your blood sugar regulation? Another thing is give yourself those minerals and those healthy, you know, source of quality foods like the ones I mentioned, grass-fed beef, some animal-based foods like eggs are great. Um, and, you know, I would also say the healthy saturated fats and healthy fatty acids like cholesterol is a precursor to testosterone and a lot of these uh, hormones. So I'd say, you know, focusing on eggs, like I mentioned, some grass-fed beef, it could be uh, even coconut oil, things like that will help boost healthy cholesterol levels to boost testosterone. So I'm a big fan of that. Find what works for you. 
And then when it comes to outside of nutrition, you, know, you can try some esoteric ways like cold therapy. You know, I got a cold plunge back here behind me. So I, I do that just about every day. Uh, that's really, really powerful. Um, and then you can also do like, there's a funny thing that's been going a little bit viral right now. It's just like sharing. Uh, there's a lot of people sharing the idea of putting an ice pack on your balls, like while you're working or whatever. So you can play around with that as well. Um, because the main reason is the mechanism of action is, you know, when your testicles are very, uh, hot or it's very tight and constricting with underwear, you know, it's, uh, it's not good for the overall sperm production. And so having a cooler environment down there can stimulate a lot of that. So that may support testicular size and testosterone and going off of that even more is just get rid of polyester underwear. If you can, the plastic underwear um, is really not good. Speaking of holding in heat, plastic holds in heat a lot more than natural fabrics like organic cotton. So getting some nice quality organic materials, organic hemp, whatever. It doesn't have to be organic, but that'd be better just because some of these things are sprayed again. So they get in the fabrics and you wear it and then it gets in your body. So that's what I would say right there for that is, you know, remove the polyester underwear. There's a lot of studies on that actually atrophying the testicles and causing issues. So get some organic underwear, um, or quality materials. Uh, you know, red light therapy is unique. Sunning your balls are unique too. There is very limited evidence of that supporting testicular size. I haven't heard anything on that, but that's the thing about studies is like, you know, nowadays nothing's really purely studied and is factual because you have to test out yourself. So for me, I'm a human guinea pig. I love being a little lab rat and trying things out. So I've sunned my balls for two to five minutes every day this whole summer, it seems like. And so that stuff is really helpful. You know, you're getting mitochondrial stimulation there, which is the powerhouses of the cell, their cellular communicators. If you can get direct sunlight there, which nine out of 10 guys are not doing that, you may actually have that extra little, you know, uh, oomph to be able to grow your testicles and stimulate some, uh, you know, sperm production and testosterone. So that combined with red light therapy is really helpful. You know, the photobiomodulation is called photo meaning light bio meaning biology modulate modulation. Um, so photobiomodulation, red light therapy has near infrared wavelengths and the red light that can help out with stimulating the leg latig cells of the testes to promote, uh, more sperm creation and more testicle size. So those are a couple things right there. And lastly, I would say just massaging the testicles, like connect with your testicles, you know, massaging them, maybe give them a little slap here and there and not in a funny way, but in a way that's like, it actually will help out just as we like, you know, massage our bodies and do all this crazy stuff to get the fascia moved around and the lymphatic drainage. The same can go for your testicles, you know, just connect to that area. So those are some things right there. For sure. I mean, minus the testicles, most of that applies to females because yes, testosterone sure. is important in females too. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, thank you for sharing all of that. Um, okay. I wanted to also quickly ask you just maybe a few tips that you help people with, um, with regards to gut health and digestion and how they can optimize that. Mm, yeah. So getting the microbiome right. So we have a hundred trillion bacteria within our microbiome, right? That's a lot. A hundred trillion. Just try to fathom that number. It's insane. So they pretty much affect every aspect of your mood, your energy, your metabolism, everything. They are not just your second brain. They are your first brain. Like, so over the years, me cracking the code on certain ways to help out my gut health. I've also helped a lot of clients on it. It, it starts with the elimination diet, remove troubling foods. So eliminate the foods that are troubling your gut bacteria and integrate more of the healthy foods. So we of course know what foods to eliminate. Everyone knows processed foods. I could get into all that. Now integrate some of the healthy foods. So this could be uh, some of that localized foods we brought up earlier, minimizing you know a lot of blood sugar spikes, 
Uh, and then supporting it with things that may be helpful, like some certain key supplements, certain probiotics. Um, you can even get probiotics through fermented foods, you know, like kimchi, sauerkraut. Those are great options right there. Kefir. Um, and also fasting, you know, a, a form of fasting can help be like an elimination, right? And detoxing. So, you know, it doesn't have to be like a daily 16 to 18 hour fast, but it could be like a long-term fast. You could play around with it. 48 hours, 72 hours, every two to three months doing something like that. It's a nice little reset for the gut. Um, and cleansing things out, certain supplements can help you out detoxing too, like parasites and heavy metals. And there's many things you guys can do research on, uh, online with that, or I can even help you out. Don't hesitate to reach out for that. But I would say that's a, a good foundation right there. And you know, the gut also is affected by the vagus nerve. So we have this two lane highway connecting from the brain to the gut. And so if we aren't regulating our nervous system and our, we're stressed out all the time from our mind connecting to our gut uh, and our thoughts are causing gut issues. Um, you know, that's one thing we can establish as well is how do we work with that? So getting to the root of like, what are your thoughts? Are they recurring negative feedback loops or are you having more positive thoughts? Are you regulating your stress levels through breathing? You know, nice dig, big four seconds in six seconds out kind of cadence breath throughout the day. That's great to regulate the nervous system and the gut health. So yeah, I would say, you know, just a tip going off of that is before you eat, sit with your food, maybe pray over it, bless your food for all the beautiful hands and the animals and the plants that went into getting that on that plate and just breathe for two, three breaths. It takes 10 to 15 seconds. That's made a big difference in my life. It's just being very present with the food and just calming the nervous system down for two to three breaths. And that can make you actually assimilate and digest and, you know, uh, yeah. achieve more of the nutrients more. So there's a couple of ideas right there. For sure. Thank you. I mean, I was just thinking of ancestral wisdom because most religions have like grace before meals. Mm. Um, and also just with the um, earlier when you were speaking about the male passage, um, rite of passage. I mean, for example, in Judaism, at age 13, the men have bar mitzvahs. And then at age 12, the girls have bat mitzvahs. And it's like their rite of passage from being a child, um, now going into and, you know, becoming an adult. Um, so, yeah, we can't outsmart nature. And I think we do... Mm -hmm we really underlook ancestral wisdom um, that has been with us for most of our lives as a human species. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. So I know we are running out of time, but before I ask you your last question, I don't know if you want to just share where people can find you and follow you, work with you. I know, um, I don't know if live in a fit is the name of your, your brand. You can speak about that and what you offer all the things. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Kelsey, it's been awesome. And yeah, so my main website with everything you can find on there is cvcwellness.com. You can find all my links to all my uh, different social media platforms and connecting with me. And you know, I have a lot of recommendations for products on there and blog and stuff like that. So cvcwellness.com um, on all platforms, it's at cvcwellness. So YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, or X nowadays. And then we have um, you know Instagram and all those major ones. Uh, and then liveinterfit.com is actually my men's group coaching program. So if you are interested in learning more about that, that is an incredible program to look into. We're actually launching our second one here this September, which will be amazing. Uh, got a big group of guys joining in on that, which is a lot of fun. There's a lot of accountability. We talk about all the things we did in this, this call today uh, to really become more productive, more energized, more healthy. Our body reflects that. Um, so yeah, those are the major areas you guys can connect with me on. That's awesome. And I'll link all of that in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. So what are three non-negotiables in your day-to-day -day life as your last question? Mm. 
grand rising routine, morning routine. The first thing I like to do is drink and hydrate with a ton of water and electrolytes and apple cider vinegar splash and some lemon to help out with alkalizing the body. Ironically, those things are very acidic, right? But when we put them in our body, they make us more alkaline. So a lot of people think like the alkaline diet is super, super amazing, but really it doesn't make any sense because our pH is very regulated. So uh, getting more acidic things in our body, like the, the lemon and apple cider vinegar might actually help with that. So I do that every morning. That's the non-negotiable. On top of that, I'll add number two is stacking that with sunlight and movement. So morning routine is just definitely non-negotiable every single day. It's my favorite thing. It's just having that sacred time to myself hydration, sunshine, qigong, movement outside. That's like my absolute favorite thing in the world. And I'll add to that, you know, some other non-negotiables is journaling. I, I feel like journaling has been the the most empowering thing for me in my entire life. And, you know, just journaling down more of a feminine flow energy of just like a storyline of how my life is and, uh, you know, what I'm learning, you know, what I'm grateful for. And then I also add in more of this masculine edge of, okay, what are three to five major goals I'm going to accomplish today? Three habits, right? So journaling is absolutely powerful. It really helps you tap into that stoicism of just like, what do I have control over? What do I not have control over? Because if I don't have control over something, great. That just means I can let it go and be free. If I do have control over something, great. I have complete control over it. So let's take action, right? So journaling helps me with that a ton. And I get all my clients hype on that. And at first it's very challenging, but man, getting into that's very important. So those are those are some several several thrown at you. Thank you. I'm very inspiring. Um, yeah, I appreciate all of your time and for sharing all of this information. I mean, we could have gone so much deep, like more deep hours into all hours. The, Yeah, literally, literally. <laughs> we have to do a round two. We'll see. But um, thank you for your time and thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. I had a blast. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Let us know some of your top takeaways and please share this to anyone and everyone to the men in your life and the women in your life. Any gender benefits from learning about health in any regard. Sharing, liking, subscribing, and giving a rating and review are the lifelines of any podcast and really help grow the show and make it more accessible to more people. Don't forget about your special 10% discount on any Oxford HealthSpan product when you enter Kelsey, K-E-L-S-E-Y, as the discount code at checkout. A link will be in the show notes. And if you would like to do any Nutrition Network course, do check out the special affiliate link as well, which will also be in the show notes. And until next time, stay safe, stay real. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Human Theatre. I hope you learned something new. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and give a rating or a review on whatever app you are listening to this podcast on. I would love to hear your feedback, so please don't hesitate to reach out on Instagram or via email. All the links are in the show notes. Remember, you are your most important person in this world. Keep shining your unique light. Until next time, 